Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome everybody to a special edition. This is a breaking news edition of the Animals to the Max podcast. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Folks, every now and then when animals make headlines, of course, I love that type of news. It's usually, well, I don't want to say it's usually good news, but sometimes you get great news stories that come through the news media feed. And I'll tell you what, last month, news broke that Yellowstone National Park had a Wolverine sighting on camera. This is a huge deal. These are the rarest animals in Yellowstone National Park. So the fact that a trail cam actually caught a Wolverine just a few miles outside of Mammoth Hot Springs, where the park headquarters are, blew everyone's mind. I mean, like I said, it made national headlines. And of course, I had to nail down and try to track someone down from Yellowstone National Park to talk about this. On the show, we have wildlife biologist Dan Staler from Yellowstone National Park. He has been working at the park for over 20 years, which, by the way, what a dream job, right? He studies large carnivores, wolves, and cougars, and the cougar cam, which is actually you're going to hear, is what caught the wolverine. And so Dan talks about that. He talks about the rare sighting. He talks about how many wolverines they think are in the park. He talks about the chances of you yourself as a tourist, the possibilities of seeing a wolverine. Near the end of the interview, I also ask him a little bit about the cougar project that he was working on, because initially those were the cams that caught the wolverine. This is a fascinating interview. Now, This is a shorter interview. I think the interview with Dan is only 10 to 11 minutes. The reason why is Dan is a busy guy. He took a brief moment uh, just to basically hop on the show to talk about it, and then he was taken off out into the field because that is the life of a wildlife biologist. So it is a shorter episode for sure, but I promise there's a lot of awesome value. Since the episode is definitely shorter, if you want to learn more about wolverines, I encourage you to check out episode 111 where we actually had on Rebecca Waters, the executive director of the Wolverine Foundation. That's over an hour-long conversation about wolverines. We go into their biology, behavior, all that type of good stuff. So if you want to learn more about wolverines, definitely check out episode 111 if you have not. With that said, let's just cut to the chase. Please welcome to the show Dan Staler, a wildlife biologist from Yellowstone National Park. I am so excited today because we have an exclusive. We have Dan Staler. He is a wildlife biologist at Yellowstone National Park. Dan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Corbin. I'm happy to be here. Dude, first of all, I just have to say, can I please have your job? (laughs) Sure. Come on out. Come on out. (laughs) Dude, Yellowstone is one of my, I mean, look at my sweatshirt. Yellowstone is one of my favorite places. I see Uh, that. You're representing. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I am. Well, I know you're a busy guy. You're usually out in the field. And I wanted to talk to you because something really rare just happened in Yellowstone National Park. Can we get into it? Absolutely. So we had an amazing uh, find about a month ago, uh, actually two months ago now, part of our study with remote cameras here in the park. And actually the study we have is we have remote cameras out on the landscape with the purpose of helping us monitor cougars in Yellowstone National Park. We have a cougar study here, and we uh, really embrace that technology to help us passively monitor cougars coming across the landscape. We have other means to studying cougars as well, but um, when we went to check one of our cameras, 
uh, it was uh, probably the week of December 10th, uh, and we started flipping through the viewfinder. Uh, lo and behold, we had this small creature move quickly past it, and I couldn't quite believe my eyes. And I looked in closer, and lo and behold, it was a rare wolverine. And it was, uh, gave me goosebumps. I'd never, you know, I've been working in Yellowstone for 23 years. I uh, have spent thousands of hours in the backcountry and thousands of miles in wolverine habitat. And I've seen their tracks, but I've never seen one in person. And here was this wolverine uh, on our screen, uh, triggering our camera. It was really exciting. Wow. And so, I mean, would it be safe to say that wolverines are the rarest animals in Yellowstone National Park? It is, it is. And I think their only rival would be the Canada lynx. Um, We probably have fewer lynx using Yellowstone today than we do wolverines, but wolverines are certainly amongst the rarest uh, species in Yellowstone of mammal. Um, And they're just this fascinating member of the weasel family. And in fact, they're rare throughout the lower 48. Uh, It's believed that fewer than 300 actually persist today in the lower 48. Wow, why are they so rare? Well, you know, they have a history. Uh, they were they were circumpolarly distributed, so throughout the lower 48. So we used to have probably robust wolverine populations. And of course, today in Canada and Alaska, uh, there are healthy populations of wolverines. But their story in the lower 48 mirrors that of many other carnivores. They were persecuted, trapped, uh, poisoned, you know, in the early 1900s. And that really did their populations in, and we saw substantial declines. Uh, since that time, and they're an incredibly difficult animal to study for biologists. They and and very rarely do the do the public see them. And that is because uh, they live in very low densities at very high elevations, usually above 8,000 feet. They prefer really rugged mountainous terrain. And individuals have incredibly large home ranges. Uh, an adult male might have a home range of over 500 square miles. A female might have a home range of 100 square miles. And so because they already live in low density because of their biology, they, they have large expanses of land they need to survive in. They're just very difficult to detect. And biologists for a long time have struggled with understanding through history what their populations are like. Uh, but things like remote cameras, newer genetic methods for looking at DNA left behind, these are all tools that have allowed biologists to really gain a much better understanding about wolverines on the landscape. Wow. And so how many wolverines are estimated to be inside Yellowstone? You said there's around less than like 300, less than 300 in the lower 48. Do we have an estimate? I know it's hard, but in Yellowstone (laughs) National Park? It is very difficult to know. Uh, There was a study done here in Yellowstone National Park between 2005 and 2009. And during the course of that study, uh, they were trying to capture wolverines to put on GPS collars. And they also dovetailed with another study that was going on with wolverines outside of the park. And through that, those series of years from 2005 to 2009, only seven individuals were detected. Now, these are individuals that are using Yellowstone National Park, but probably not exclusively. In fact, I would doubt there are any wolverines that only live in Yellowstone because they're traversing such large expanses of land. They will come through Yellowstone and we have great wolverine habitat and parts of the park. I would venture, if I were to venture a guess today, you know, there could be half a dozen wolverines that use Yellowstone as part of their home range, but that is a mere guess. And, you know, this video from December showing one sauntering by our camera, you know, is at least one individual we know about roaming the park. 
Dude, did you just like, what is your first reaction? Like I would have, I would have been like, what? Like, I mean, who, who do you call? Like, are you so excited to, I mean, who, who do you call first when you see a Wolverine on this trail cam? Oh boy. I mean, I, I kind of called some of my closest friends that have, I've spent most of the time in the backcountry with here in Yellowstone. You know, a lot of us over the years have seen their tracks in the snow. I, I probably see a set of Wolverine tracks once every couple winters uh, wow. from some of the aerial monitoring I do in the park or from hiking in the backcountry or skiing in the backcountry. Uh, but, you know, what was really fascinating about this, this video clip was it wasn't even a camera set at the top of a mountain in the spot that you would typically think of as Wolverine habitat. It was, you know, really only several miles outside of the park headquarters in Mammoth Hot Springs at about 6,000 wow. feet. But it really just shows you how these animals are using these landscapes. You know, they, they're pop this in individual Wolverine, we don't know if it was a male or female, was probably traversing from one high elevation habitat where it's looking for carcasses to scavenge on or hunt you know, uh, uh, prey and traveling through lower elevations to get to the next high elevation island habitat for it to use. So it really was a, uh, a, a fascinating discovery. And like I said, it, it gave me goosebumps when I looked at it just because I, I couldn't believe my eyes. So was, was it one of the most exciting things you've ever experienced working at Yellowstone for 20 some years? You know, it's it's among one of the tops. I think it'd be more exciting if I actually saw it with my own eyes. But, you know, we're really lucky here in Yellowstone because our work, we study wolves and cougars and grizzly bears and elk. And, and we get to see all those large, charismatic megafauna. And so we see a lot of really dramatic, exciting things here in the park, studying those animals. But... You know, for me, a, a mid-sized carnivore, like a wolverine, that's rare. Uh, you know, even a video clip was among one of the more special things I've seen. That's amazing. And really quick, I have to ask, it's a little off topic, but why are you studying cougars in Yellowstone? Because that's initially, that trail cam is what the, the cougar cam caught the wolverine. So why would you be studying cougars? Exactly, exactly. One of our jobs here as biologists is to understand um, the ecology of predator-prey dynamics in Yellowstone National Park. It's a big driver of how this ecosystem works. You know, we have tens of thousands of elk using Yellowstone seasonally. And of course, the famous wolf reintroduction of 1995 and 96, we have, uh, and that's part of my primary job here, is to study wolves and their role in this ecosystem. And wolves are one of the top predators in Yellowstone but they share that role with cougars. And cougars naturally, nat naturally recolonized Yellowstone in the 1980s. They too were persecuted like wolves and wolverines and other carnivores in the early 1900s. They made their way back. So we study cougars so we can understand how cougars and wolves together as the two top predators in Yellowstone uh, affect this ecosystem through killing elk and deer and other prey, how they interact with each other and grizzly bears and black bears. This multi-carnivore system is really unique in the lower 48 and really unique in the world. And so we have studies in place to understand those various predators and the roles they play. Wow. And how many cougars are in Yellowstone? Do you guys have an estimate? We do have an estimate. So we do monitoring and we try to estimate that the northern part of the park is the best year-round cougar habitat because that's where elk and deer winter year-round. The inside 
central part of Yellowstone is higher elevation and most of the prey migrate out. So our estimates of the number of cougars using Yellowstone is really this northern part of the park, which is the best year round habitat. And we estimate that there's uh, probably anywhere between 30 and 45 individual cougars using northern Yellowstone year round. That might not sound like a lot, but it's oh. a healthy, robust population that's been relatively stable over the last 10, 15 years. Wow. And what are my chances of seeing a cougar in Yellowstone? Very slim, but slightly better than a wolverine. Yeah. I was going to say, what are my chances of seeing a wolverine next to none? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, your chances of seeing wolves is great. Most days there's wolves visible to the public in the park uh, on any given day of the year. Cougars are seen by the, by the visiting public uh, on occasion each year. Um, of course, we as biologists, you know, we, we study them. I capture them and put GPS collars on them oh. to study their movements and predation. So we get to see cougars. We see them a lot on our remote cameras. We have great video footage of cougars that trigger our cameras, which is wonderful. But they are a secretive, cryptic animal. Um, you know, a, a typical hiker hiking through cougar country in Yellowstone probably has a cougar somewhere way up high on the side of the mountain watching them hike down the trail. They avoid people though. They're not a safety concern in the park from any of our long-term data. Um, but your chances of seeing them are very rare. Occasionally they will make a kill somewhere within the road corridor and a, you know the savvy wildlife watching public might get a glimpse of them over the course of a day or two feeding on a carcass, but it's very rare. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Dan, listen, I know you're a busy guy. I know you have to get back in the field. I'd love to have you back on. I would love to have more of a, like a, like a longer form conversation with you because Yellowstone and the carnivores fascinate me, man. I mean, we were, I mean, we were in Yellowstone in September and Lamar Valley and watched wolves and I just, my God, dude, it was like the best moment of my year. Well, there's a lot of wonderful things to share about Yellowstone. So happy to be on in the future. All right. Thank you so much. Good luck out in the field. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.